Good morning. I'd like to invite you, uh, if you feel comfortable doing so, uh, closing your eyes and listening to our text from this morning. Jesus' words from Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Uh, Listen one more time in the words of Eugene Peterson. He puts this text this way. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God, as we explore these words from Jesus this morning, I pray that you would speak to us a fresh word, that we would hear anew from you, that you would restore us and renew us and allow us to experience your healing presence in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're in Matthew 11 this morning. We've uh, been journeying through this epic series called Three Years with Jesus. We're nearing the end of year one. In June, we'll uh, be done with year one. And uh, this week's text are these, uh, what have come to be pretty famous words of Jesus. Uh, These are our words that uh, if you grew up in a Christian context, you're probably familiar with these words. And so this morning, I'm interested to look at this text and uh, ask the question, what what new thing is God inviting us to hear from these words this morning? What what fresh thing is Jesus doing in our midst, uh, in our own hearts, uh, in the life of our community? What does God want us to hear and experience? in these words this morning. So I want to start a little further up in verse 25 of Matthew 11. And and Jesus here in Matthew 11, verse 25, he's praying. And he's praying to his Father. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little 
children. Next week, uh, the text we're looking at is when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like children. Uh, and here he says, you, you, you've hidden things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Uh, and a little further down, Jesus says, come to me and learn from me. Uh, and so Jesus is saying that there, there are different ways of learning. And there are different ways of learning about God. You can uh, intellectually assent to knowledge about God. Or you can experience God. And Jesus is inviting people into an experience of God. Not just intellectual assent, but true experiential knowledge. He says, I I thank you, God. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then Jesus says, come to me. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you want to know what God is like, no one really knows what God is like except me. And so if you really want to know what God is like, come to me and learn from me. God fully revealed God's self in and through Jesus God incarnate. And so whatever ideas you have about God and who God is, if you really want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Jesus says, come to me and learn from me. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. You want to know what God is like, get to know Jesus. And then Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. I want to I want to look at this text in detail a little bit this morning. This word weary has to do with toiling, to labor until worn out, to grow weary. Uh, You know where this idea of weary came from? All the way back into the third chapter of the Bible. God created us for life, for light. For love, God created us to experience God in beauty, in harmony, in shalom, in relationship. And then in Genesis 3, humans chose autonomy from God. It was like, hey, God, thanks for creating all this. We got it now. And they chose autonomy from God, believing the lie that God was holding out on them, that there was something more apart from God, and if we can just find that, then we'll find fulfillment. And that's when weariness entered the story, and God said, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to work. Work is not a bad thing. Work's a beautiful thing. God worked to create. God created the first humans to work and take care of the earth, Genesis 2.15. God created us to work, to have purpose, to have meaning, to have mission, and to delight in our work. It's only when we chose autonomy from God that work becomes wearisome, and by the sweat of our brow do we work. And so Jesus comes and he says, why do you worry? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Jesus comes to reverse the curse. Jesus comes and says, work can be delightful again. 
if you do it without anxiety, without stress, without worry. Look at the flowers of the field. They don't grow weary. They don't labor. Just consider the flowers and experience what life is intended to be. Uh, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. The invitation is to come to Jesus if you're feeling weary and burdened. Come to me if you are burdened. Uh, Next slide. The burden of guilt, the burden of the law, the burden of the world, the burden of expectations, whether your own expectations of yourself or the expectations you feel from others in your life, the burden of heartache. Uh, What burdens are you carrying? Because the invitation from Jesus is to come to him and release the burdens. Let, Let him go. Lay him down. Release the burdens. What burdens are you carrying this morning that you were never intended to carry? That Jesus says, come and lay them down. The psalmist tells us, uh, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Of course it is. We can't carry guilt and shame. We were never intended to. Jesus carries that for us. Uh, Jesus says, come to me. If you're burdened by your own guilt, by your own shame, let it go. Release it to me, all you are who are weary and heavy laden. Uh, burdened by rules and regulations, burdened by legalism. Jesus addresses that. He, he says to the religious leaders, you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Uh, Jesus doesn't like legalism. It's a burden. It's a burden too heavy to bury, bear. He, he says, come to me, lay it down, let it go, learn from me. There, there's a different way of being human, and Jesus comes and shows us that way of being human. Rest. You ever heard of rest? <clears throat> uh, I wonder if in our world, our culture today, if Jesus was here with us and we got to know Jesus and watched him, I wonder how many of us would use the term lazy of Jesus. Uh, Because he came eating and drinking and hanging out with people and... Uh, you read through the gospel, Jesus is never in a hurry. Do you notice that? He's never in a hurry. He's like the only human being who didn't have a Messiah complex. (laughs) Uh, Jesus comes, and he just enjoys life. And he's present. He's fully present wherever he finds himself. Rest. Jesus invites us to rest. Uh, Throughout the scriptures, rest is connected to the idea of rescue and salvation. God rescued his people out of slavery in Egypt where they worked seven days a week without any rest. And And he said to them, 
when you were in Egypt, you worked seven days without rest. Now take a day of rest. Once a week. Just have a different rhythm to your life. Work, then rest. Work, then rest. Work, then rest. Uh, it, many of us uh, feel like our lives are too busy to rest. Uh, the reality is uh, God created this rhythm. This was from the beginning. Uh, Genesis tells us that after all the work of creating, God rested. And we're invited to rest, to have healthy rhythms of work and rest. And then Jesus comes and he says, hey, if you're, if you're feeling weighed down, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, come to me and rest. This is the invitation from Jesus to rest. Uh, of course, Jesus was way ahead of his time, and now uh, scientists are doing studies on things like rest and have discovered, oh, this is actually really good for us. Uh, so one uh, guy, Ferris Jabbar, in Scientific America, he, he says, rest replenishes the brain's capacity for attention and motivation, encourages productivity and creativity, and is essential both to achieve our highest levels of performance and simply form stable memories in everyday life. Downtime is essential to mental processes that affirm our identities, develop our understanding of human behavior, and instill an internal code of ethics. Uh, scientists have discovered the value of rest, uh, that which God embedded into the rhythm of creation from the very beginning. According to a study done by Leslie Perlow of Harvard Business School, those who have healthy rhythms of rest experience more job satisfaction, more productivity, more creative and forward thinking. Uh, and here's some of the things that they said are important. Sleep, a power nap during the day, uh, if you're actually able to fall asleep for 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, meditation, several small breaks during the day, one to two days off per week, no work in the evenings, and vacation with no work. In the studies they did, uh, they found people actually, when they went on vacation, weren't able to shut work off because they're checking email. Uh, we're so bound by our devices and email, and they said, no, it, it's essential. Like, if you want to live into the fullness of who you're supposed to be, you have to be able to shut it off. If you want to be more creative, if you want to be more productive, you have to be able to shut it off. If you don't, it's going to stunt growth, it's going to stunt creativity, it's going to stunt your imagination. You must rest. And it's all across the span. It's not just one day a week. They're saying, hey, every day, if you sit at a computer screen every day, get up once an hour and do something different for five minutes. Uh, this is where the contemplative practices page on our website comes in really handy. Just do a spiritual practice. Uh, the psalmists talk about meditating on God's mighty works. Jesus says, meditate or consider the lilies, consider the birds of the air. The psalmist says, I meditate on your word day and night. What if five minutes every hour you read a passage from the Gospels and just reoriented yourself, 
recentered yourself on the risen Christ uh, and, and see what happens with your creativity, with your imagination, with your productivity. Um, in, in case it isn't already obvious, they also noted that screen time is not rest. Okay? Uh, so many of us live lives that limit our ability to unplug. We stay connected to our devices, our email, our work, our mental energy is spent. Our brains are so stimulated by the constant electronic glare of computer, TV, phone, tablet screens that we chase away the experience of rest. Uh, and so for many of us, it's just, uh, just, let's just relax and watch a TV show or watch a movie. That's fine, but it's, it's not the type of rest that's going to reinvigorate your creativity, your imagination, your mind, and your heart. And I don't think it's the kind of rest Jesus is inviting us into when he says, come to me. Uh, when he says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. So where, I skipped one here. Where in your life does it feel like you have no rest? Be aware of it, write it down, and invite God into it. And say, God, where, where are you inviting me to rest? What does it look like for me to rest in this area? Okay, yoke. So yoke is something that uh, you hook up to oxen so they can Plow the field. Uh, yoke in the Hebrew scriptures, that, that term is often used of uh, oppressive powers. So whether Egypt or Assyria or eventually Rome, it's the yoke of the oppressor. Uh, and um, many rabbis would talk about their yoke or their teachings, and they talked about the yoke of the law. And so Jesus comes and he says, my yoke is different. My yoke is completely Different. It's a different way of understanding life. It's a better way of understanding life. And Jesus says, if you want to understand this way, learn from me. Uh, how do you learn from someone? The first step is probably you spend time with them, right? Uh, so I wonder what it looks like for us to spend time with Jesus and learn from him? What, what would it look like for us to immerse ourselves in the gospel narratives to understand and experience Jesus more fully and truly learn from him, to, to sit in silence with Jesus and learn from the risen Christ? For I am gentle and humble in heart. Uh, the way of Jesus is not harsh. The way of Jesus is not burdensome. It, it's gentle and humble in heart. Uh, Jesus invites us into a way of life that looks completely different than the power structures of the world. And then he says, for my yoke is Christos. Almost Every English translation uses the word easy. 
to translate Christos. Christos means good, kind, better, or useful. Uh, I think I've mentioned this in passing here before when talking about a different text, but I, I really want to talk about it today because I think this is really important for us to understand because I used to have such a problem with this text when I would read Jesus saying, my yoke is easy. Uh, because I don't think the way of Jesus is easy. And I don't think what Jesus invites us into is easy. I do believe it's good. And I do believe it's kind. And I do believe it's better than any other way. It's good. It's kind. It's better. Why all the translations use the word easy, I don't know. I have studied this in and out. This... uh, So the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, is translated into what's called the Septuagint. That's the Greek version of the Hebrew scriptures. In the Septuagint, they use this word 33 times. Not once is the word meant easy. It's meant good, it's meant kind, it's meant better, but not once easy. Okay, New Testament. This word is used seven times in the New Testament. One in Matthew 11, the text we're looking at. Six other times. Let's look at all of them, okay? Luke 5. No one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is Christos. The old is easy? No, the old is better. Okay, next text. Romans 2.4. Do you show contempt for the riches of God's Christos, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's Christos is intended to lead you to repentance? Uh, Would you translate that easy? None of the translators do. They translate it kindness. Realizing that God's easiness is intended to lead you to repentance? No, God's kindness. Christos is good. It's kind. God's goodness. God's kindness. Next slide. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts Christos character. Uh, Good character. Next slide. Be Christos and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So would we say be easy and compassionate? Maybe. Be easy on people. Okay, maybe. But it be good or be kind and compassionate to one another. Next slide. First Peter 2. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is easy. The Lord is good. The Lord is kind. The Lord is better than anything else out there. Not not easy. And so when when we read this text and it says, my yoke is easy, I, I don't know where they come up with that. It's not what the word means. But the way of Jesus is good. And it's kind. And it's better than any other way out there. Uh, Jesus says elsewhere, if you want to follow me, count the cost. That's not easy. You read through the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, pray for your enemies, bless those who hurt you, uh, don't murder, don't lust, don't worry. This is not the easy path to follow, but it is the good path, the kind path, the better path to follow. 
When, when we say yes to Jesus, we are not saying yes to an easy life. We are saying yes to a good life, a better life, a kind life. That's what we're saying yes to. The way of Jesus is good, it's kind, it's better. This is what Jesus invites us into. Jesus' yoke is good, kind, and better than the oppressive yoke of guilt, shame, death, brokenness, legalism, expectations, heartache, and the power structures of the world. We are invited into a different way, a different yoke, and we must learn this way of being from Jesus, who will give us rest in him. Uh, this text invites us into a completely different way of being in the world. And it's good, and it's kind, and it's better. Uh, this is the life Jesus intends for us. Jesus is inviting us to return to that which we were created for. A good, kind, and better life. The life of shalom, the life of beautiful, flourishing relationships with God, with others, within ourselves, and with the creation God has entrusted us with. Uh, this is what Jesus invites us into. And he says, listen, if you're, if you're run down, if your schedule is just too much, if, if you are tired, if you're stressed out, if you're burdened, come to me. Spend time with me. Get away with me. Get restored. Get refreshed. Get renewed. Because we cannot live the good, kind, better life that Jesus invites us into apart from resting in the one who created us for the good, kind, and better life. So I simply ask you, what does it look like for you to shut it off, to stop, to rest? What are your rhythms of rest and renewal? Jesus invites us to come to him and find that rest so that we can learn from him the good, kind, and better way of living in the world. This morning, when we come and take the bread and dip it in the cup, I invite you to experience the risen Christ, to come to Jesus and experience that rest that he offers us to learn from Jesus the good, kind, and better way of living. This is the invitation to remember that Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. God, we thank you for these words from Jesus. the invitation from Jesus to come and experience him 
in new and beautiful ways to find rest, to be restored, to be renewed in Christ. God says through the prophet Isaiah, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion or on life? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.